0: morning, welcome to all those joining us for Likutei Halachas, Yorodea, Helikshemi, Hilchais Kile Behema, Halacha Dalid. Paragraph Yud Zion. We dedicate to learning today, Li Lunishmas, <clears> Rabbi <throat> Yaakov Gedali, who was known as Rabbi Yanko He was one of the stars in Breslov 50 years ago a young man, a sofer, a nephew of Rabbi Yaakov Meir Shechter, and special, special Talmud Chacham, very, very close to Rav Rosenfeld, he lived here in Eretz Yisrael and passed away at a young age. And the shear is also, Liel and Ishmas Eliezer Lippa Rabbi Yaakov Mordechai, whose yard site is on the 17th of Shvat and Devorah Rofega Bas whose Yorzeit is on the 17th of Shvat. We dedicate the learning also for a complete refu Sholema for all those that need it, including Chaviva Chana Rachel Rochel Bas Galia, Noyeh Ben Chana Esther, Shemar Eliezer Ben Rochel, Yaakov Yeshu Ben Frandel Rechel, Ben Yamin Yitzchok Ben Liba Margaret, Shana <laughs> Taber Basmiriam, Levi El Ben Yael, Chaya Shufia Shushana Basora, Menachem Ben Rishabasha, Chaya Brocha Bas Ruven Moisha Ben Rachel, David Shimshim Ben Soralea, Velvil Ben Pesia, Daniel Baruch Ben Sora, Aviva Chaya Bas Estemindel, Dovid Yishayo ben Sora, Avigal el-Brocha Hillel Yisrael ben Sora, Nechem Yizalma ben sora Dovid Leib ben Sheina, Idis bas-Marian Brindle, Michal Sora bas-Adasa, Gittgenendol bas-Sipoira, Lebeleya bas-Sipoira, Sorochel bas-Yusbeendle, Avivillana bas Yehudis Ruchama bas-Havarus, Sora Yehudis bas-Sora, Dovid ben-Behiyah, Sheindol bas Avram David Ben Hana, Sore Gittel Bas Hanariva, Shloman Ben Mazel, Yaakov Yeshua Ben Friend Lorechel, Shimon Elias Ben Rochel, Shlomo Ben Rivka Sprinzer, David Elio Ben Michal, Shimon Eloza Ben Michal, the Shar Choli Israel. We're still speaking about the holiday of Hanukkah and how it relates to the topic of Kilayim based on chapter two in the second half of the Kutimran. The Torah tells us in describing the Menorah in the Mishkan and in the Beis HaMikdosh, that it was one solid piece of gold that was carved out to form the Menorah. It wasn't pieces glued together or, or soldered together in any way. Rashi, Rasha Kodesh points out that it must be made from one solid piece of gold. Ha'ynur she'ikr mitzvah smaysa ha'manoyro hu'kedei lehoyer ho'emes. What the manoyro is really about is giving light, and we know that light is synonymous with truth. O'ercho va'amitcho, the Torah says, your light and your truth. Kedei legaloys she'kol ha'paulays mishtanayis. And one of the most important truths is the realization that all the diverse items in existence are all coming from oneness, from one Hashem. And this is being hinted to in the fact that the Torah requires that the menorah should be made from one piece of gold. To show us that all the different designs, if you looked at the menorah, it had many parts that looked completely different, round parts and parts that looked like a flower, all the designs on the menorah. Shahoyu b'shivak nehemonayra, which were on the seven rungs of the menorah, shehim bechinas shivas yemei which correspond to the seven days of creation, shehim shoyresh kol hapaulais meshunais shenivru Bohem, which are the, the the foundation of all the diverse things that were created during those seven days, ali day shlemus hadibur through perfect speech. Which Rabbein Azal defines there in the as being completed through kol Nimshach mi All of that, all of that diversity, all of those different designs, everything come from one, from pure oneness. From the base of anora to all the flowers that were in it one solid piece of gold. It was all made from one one piece. Because all of the different things in existence all originate from one, the ultimate oneness of Hashem. Paragraph yudches, and with this we understand also what's found in the writings of the Arizal, that on the holiday of Hanukkah, when we're trying to, to perfect the sphere of hoid, the we're also involved in correcting the harm that was done to the thigh of Yaakov Avinu when he fought with the angel of Esav, because when the Torah tells us that the angel was able to harm the thigh, the upper leg of Yaakov Avinu, the Zohar Kodesh says this refers to the supporters of Torah. The legs are what support the body. Shenoga The Zohar Kodesh says shehem raglin. They are referred to as the, the legs. which also refers to causing damage to the halochais because the, the term halochas halicha to go and Rabbeinazal, in the beginning of that chapter in the Kitimran connects the concept of toida and halocha. And as we've been learning throughout this halocha, on chanaka, we're we're repairing this concept of Toida and Halacha, which is the Tikkun for the feet. The Tikkun for the supporters of Torah. <clears throat> it's through their support <coughs> that the rabbis are able to study and produce Halacha. As Rabbein Zal explains very clearly in the beginning of that chapter of Likud Emran. It says, and this is also why it says there, regarding Yaakov Avinu, after that incident happened, the sun shined for him. And, and Gemara says, in order to cure him and heal him from his limp because the tikkun for the legs, which is the healing for Yaakov Avinu's limp, which is the tikkun for the Torah, because the Torah is what affects the repair for the Pegam of the moon at the beginning of creation, as the as the Pesach says, that there's going to come a time in the future when the light of the moon is going to be like the light of the sun. As al expounds on this over there in chapter two. And this is why the Torah tells us that the sun is shined for Yaakov Avinu even during the nighttime when normally the moon is shining. Because the Medrash tells us Hashem stretched the day, that the day went into the night. This means that Yaakov Avinu succeeded in drawing the light of the future Shayiskayam when we'll see the fulfillment of Ahoya or Halavona Korachamu, that the light of the moon will be like the light of the sun. Question, how do we understand the term damage to halochos, Pegam And how is it corrected on Hanukkah? Damage to the halachis means that where the Torah has become unclear, the good and bad, the right and wrong have become mixed up together, <clears throat> where it becomes so difficult for a person studying the Gemara, studying Torah Shabbat, to be able to know what's the final conclusion. We see so many different conflicting opinions in the Gemara and in Shulchan Aruch, and it takes a master. <clears throat> somebody people have to work very hard to derive to get to the final opinion that's this pegam in the halacha and it's corrected on hanukkah because hanukkah is this oil of emes it's a light and a very high light of emes and we said it's drawing from bina and hoyi these very high places and that's by performing the mitzvahs of hanukkah properly this is what repairs all of these things that need repair Paragraph Yutis v'Alkein Misayemes Satoyra Parshas Hanasiim She Parshas Chanukas Hamizbeach and this is why if you look at that Torah portion that we read on Chanukah where we're reading the carbonos that each one of the nasiim brought at the initiation of the Mishkan on the first day it's you it's Nachshon on the second day, it's this one, and we go through all 12 Niseum. We read seven of them the first seven days, and on the eighth day, we read eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, and then we continue with the Pasuk. The Torah tells us when Moshe Rabbeinu would enter into the Moed to speak with Hashem. Moshe Rabbeinu heard the voice of Hashem speaking to him, mi bein shnei ha from between the two kruvim. And we mentioned the words, mi bein shnei ha the first letter spell the word Moshe, that that's when Moshe Rabbeinu was receiving his light. ki ha-pasuk kosov ha-shlishi ksuvim Because this pasuk is pasuk number three which decides the conflict that seems to be between Sukim one and two. My Shapirish Rashi Sham, as Rashi points out over there, the he Mitoho Achraina Mishlo This concept of a third pasuk that when we see two pasukim that are in conflict and we see a third pasuk that sides with one of them, we know that that's that's the right, that that's the true understanding. That's the 13th one of the 13 attributes, the 13 formulas by which we expound the (laughs) Torah. Because as the Zohar HaKadosh points out, those 13 formulas by which we expound the Torah correspond to the 13 attributes of kindness, from which we receive all of these solutions to all of our suffering, all of our pain. And that's where the main thanksgiving and praise of Hashem comes into the picture. When when the light of Hashem's attributes of kindness is shining, and now we understand why the thir- why the last one of the thirteen formulas is this one, which speaks about two psukim that seem to be contradicting each other. Until a third one comes along and resolves it, because this is really what all of those thirteen formulas are all about. These these are by which we're going to be able to derive the laws of the Torah, and these correspond to the thirteen attributes of kindness. The 13 attributes of kindness are what give us the the thanksgiving and praise to Hashem. The 13 formulas of the Torah are what give us the ability to derive halachas from sukkim. So we see the connection between the Torah and the halacha. And this combination is what gives us the ability to draw all of these solutions that are mentioned, all of the tikunim that are mentioned in that chapter on Likuti Yom until we get to the ultimate goal, which is to reveal the oneness within all the diversity. And this is what this final formula is all about. Two psukim that seem to be contradicting each other. They seem to be different from each other. They seem to be opposite. Because all of the questions and all of the diversity that's found in the Torah, and all of the arguments that we find in the Gemara between the Tanoim and Amairoim. And among the, the tzaddikim and the truly religious people, what it's really all about is achieving the realization that all of the differences, all the diversity, is really from one, is coming from pure oneness. Because all of the different things that we find in creation are all, all originate from the letters of the Torah. That's what Hashem used to create them. And just like each letter of the alphabet, of the Hebrew alphabet, looks different than the other one, and so, to each word in the Torah is different from another word. So, too, all of the creations that were created by these letters are all different from each other. But the real truth is All of these different letters and different words and different paragraphs in the Torah are all delivering the message of recognition of Hashem. Because that's why Hashem gave us the Torah. In order for us to recognize the one who spoke and created the world. Because the Zohar Kodesh says the Torah is the name of Hashem. And it's impossible for a person to know anything about the oneness of Hashem other than through this Torah which has this this light of Hashem that has cloaked itself in these different letters and different words. And because of the fact that in this world, it's impossible for us to really understand completely the ways of the Torah, therefore, when a person is studying Torah, it looks to them as if there are contradictions, as if there are differences. Wow. as as in the case of two psukim that seem to contradict each other, before that third pasa comes along and and clarifies it, it looks to us as if there's some kind of a change in the Torah. Over there it says that, and over there it says something different. V'chein, for example, kosu ve'echo shivas There's one Pesach in the Chomish speaking about the holiday of Pesach where it says you will eat matzois seven days. V'kosu ve'echo and there's another Pesach in Chomish d'voren which says she'ches yomim, six days eat matzois. V'chein harabe, and there are many instances like this throughout the Torah. The zeh machmas miyut the fact that it appears this way is only because of our limited intellect. We don't understand the ways of the Torah clearly. Hashem had pity on us. And Hashem gave us the methodology of how to understand the Torah through our rabbis, to be able to interpret the Torah using these 13 formulas. It's with these 13 formulas that the rabbis resolve all the differences. And they're able to decide clearly, between two between psukim that seem to be contradicting each other. And through this we receive das leda ulahamen to be able to understand and believe that just like the Torah is all one even though based on our limited understanding we have questions there are questions coming up all the time and and it looks as if there are differences between what it says here and what it says there so to all the different things that we see in the world which Rabbein refers to there in the Kutimran as Puulais Mishta. So all the different creations, kulam they are all really one at their point of origin. Ki kulam ha-poshet all of them originate from the ultimate oneness, Hashem, zois It's just that we cannot understand that based on our rational thinking. One example that Rav all gave of two psukim that contradict each other, in Chumash Mois, when it speaks about the holiday of Pesach, it says, we eat matzah seven days. In Chumash Dvarim, there's a passage that says, six days you will eat matzah some Pesach. Make up your mind, which is it, six or seven? a super clear contradiction. The Gemara explains why it wrote six and why it wrote seven, etc And this is the whole concept where we speak about holy machlekes between Tanoim and amairoim in the Gemara. Ki b'shvil lahamtik hadin what this is really all about is sweetening the negative judgments <clears throat> at its point of origin. As Rabbi Nizal speaks about this in chapter 277 of Likud Imran. Because as a result of the fact that there are these different opinions among the tzaddikim, this shows us that their way of thinking is very different from each other. The Afal and despite the fact that they think differently, regarding our basic faith, everyone joins together, everyone is united. Because all the rabbis, their intent in their study of Torah and interpreting the Torah is for Hashem's honor and for the oneness of Hashem. In order to clarify each final decision in in the Torah to make it perfectly clear. As Rashi points out in Shir Hashirim, there are many, many differences and debates and arguments in the Beis Medrash, but it's all leading to recognition of one Hashem. And it's therefore, it's through these differences, through these arguments in Torah, this is what shows, this is what shows us once again clearly, this concept of oneness coming forth from diversity, from differences. <speaking in Hebrew> Such different opinions, people who, are so, who think so differently, <speaking in Hebrew> they all join together. In one opinion regarding faith in Hashem. Because all of us believe together in one Hashem and his servant Moshe Rabbeinu. And these rabbis, their whole intent in their arguments is to reveal the oneness of Hashem. Because one rabbi leans to this direction to say that this is what the halacha should be. This is the right path to take. Which by taking this path, by performing this, the halacha this way will be revealing the oneness of Hashem. The Deus shalzeh and the opinion of the other rabbi leans to a different direction. He says the halacha is different from what the other rabbis said. And and it's by, by going in the opposite direction that you're going to be revealing the oneness of Hashem. You're going to be showing respect to Hashem. But the real truth is, these and those are the word of the living Hashem. This is the wording in the Gemara. And it's brought that the first letters of Divrei Elokim chayim spell the word Echad. These two that seem to be completely different, they're really one, as we find many examples in the Gemara. The Gemara will say, for example, Rabbeinu Zal gives us an example in Likud regarding Tevas Noah's Ark. That there are two opinions as to how light came into the ark. There's one opinion that there was a skylight, there was a window on top of a glass window or some on top of the Teva by which the sunlight was able to shine in. Another opinion is no, it was some kind of a precious stone that gave forth that light. And Rabbenazal speaks about this in two chapters in the Kutimran. And Rabbi Nusserl explains they're really not arguing. They're describing two types of light. They're describing that there are some people who their prayer, who their Avodah Hashem is like a window. They're not capable of generating their own light, but light can flow through them. They can receive light. And there are other people who are on such a high level that their tefillah is like a, a stone giving off, a precious stone giving off its own light. And Rabbein says this. So again, this is not a conflict. It's not conflicting at all. And we find many, many examples of this in the Gemara and in Sfarim of tzaddikim that come after the Gemara who show us that what seems to be an argument in the Gemara, it's not an argument at all. Another example. The Gemara says that Rabbi Shimon bar Yochai said that a person should be learning full-time. Work? Work is for animals' work. Or non-Jews, they're supposed to win us, but we're supposed to be learning Torah full-time. If a person works full-time, the work will be done by other people. Rabbi Shmoel said, no, you must combine work and learning. That's the, the winning formula. Now the question is, these, these are two very different views of the world. But if you look at the Gemara, if you look at the Gemara, it says, so the Gemara says, Harabay, many attempted to do like Rabbi Shimon, and they failed. Many attempted to do like Rabbi Shimon, they were successful. So what is it Rabbi Rabbi Shimon got it wrong? The answer is no. Rabbi Shimon was not speaking to the many. Rabbi Shimon was speaking to one in a thousand who's qualified to learn full-time for that person. It's a a mitzvah to do it, and it's a mitzvah for all of us to support that person. Rabbi Shmuel was speaking to the many, to the majority, who are not on that level at all, who need to combine Torah and and, and Derach Eretz. We're continuing inside from where we left off We said the first letters of Divrei Elokim Chaim spell the word Echod These and those it's really one because all of them were given from one shepherd all of it originates from Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu and again, Rav Enizal shows us in Likudim R'N that the Zohar Kodesh says that the word Moshe makes up the first letters of Machlokes Shamay Hillel. These two who are always arguing and Mamish they're always the opposite. This one says no, this one says yes, this one says kosher, this one says Treif. Machlokes Shamay Hillel is Moshe. It's oneness. <clears throat> Because it's through these opposing opinions that's revealed the oneness of Hashem. As a result of seeing that two people who have such different opinions, different ways of thinking, in their ultimate purpose, what they're really all about, they join together as one. To become part of the oneness of Hashem. <clears throat> and this is what Sel explains over there in chapter two in the second half of Likutim Ram that this whole haloch is based on. That as a result of the combination of halochos, <clears throat> and thanksgiving. Through this, we're able to achieve all the other goals that Rabbenazal presents in that chapter on the Yamran, Until we come to the final goal, which is revealing the oneness of Hashem from all the diversity. Interesting. The, this terminology from all the diversity we, we have a similar concept <laughs> there's a post of, min as as is the difference between light and darkness min that's the standard way of reading those words. as the difference of between light and darkness so too is the difference between intelligence and foolishness. But another interpretation of that is, you want to be able to see the, and, and appreciate light. You want to see the uniqueness, specialness of light, from darkness. From darkness, darkness helps you to be able to see, to appreciate light. When a person sees what reshoimah, what evil is, then they can have an appreciation for good. Without evil, without darkness, you don't know what light you don't know what light is. You don't know the uniqueness of light, the specialness of light. <speaking in Hebrew> because when Rabbeinu is speaking about halachos, he's speaking about a final, final conclusion that was clarified from conflicting all kinds of conflicting opinions this one says it's forbidden this one says it's permissible until we clarify the halacha using the formulas of the Torah and that results in revealing the oneness of Hashem from all of this diversity paragraph 5 and now we understand one of the major, major statements in the Torah. And that's mentioned many times in Halacha that the more people, the more, the larger an assemblage, the greater honor and beauty to the king, to Hashem. Shekol ma she misrabin u be Yisrael the more you have a larger group of Jewish people joining together, coming together in one assemblage, <speaking> in <Hebrew> that increases the holiness and the honor of Hashem to greater and greater levels. <speaking in Hebrew> as it says in Torah, as it says in You cannot compare a large group, a small group of people performing a mitzvah to a large group of people joining together to perform a mitzvah. This ties in beautifully with what we've been learning here. The more you have a larger group of Jews joining together, uniting, to accomplish something in holiness, to fulfill the will of Hashem, this reveals the oneness of Hashem to higher and higher levels. As a result of a larger, a large assemblage, where you have so many different opinions, so many people who think differently, joined together. In, in one one understanding, Lasois to perform the will of Hashem to daven myrif to to do a mitzvah together, to do a siyum hashaz together. Ninety three thousand people in a stadium joining together. This is also obviously the reason, one of the reasons why Rabbi Inizal wanted so much for all of his students. And everyone who can to come to him for Rosh Hashanah, because out of all the days of the year when we're crowning Hashem, the kingdom, the Malchus of Hashem, it's Rosh Hashanah, Melech, 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 and Habras Melech. The more people, the more diversity coming together, joining together, this maximizes Hashem's Malchus, Hashem's honor and glory. and this is also what the Torah says speaking about when the Jews were traveling in the desert and when they would come to rest they would say Shuvah Hashem River voice Israel they would they would seek the Shechina by through this gathering of river voice alpha River voice means Tens of thousands and alfe means thousands. and our rabbis tell us in Yavamas, page sixty four, malame that from this pasuk where it mentions voice and alfe, this teaches us that the full light of the shechina does not come does not. Is not present until you have at least 22,000 people. River voice is two ten thousands and alpha is two thousand. And it says there, Hare Israel. If you had 21,999 people together and wanted, and then the Sheena is not there. And one person comes along and joins Nimsa This one person. Turned on the whole light. The whole light got turned on by this one person. The more you have a larger group of Jews, they're able to draw and reveal and broadcast the holiness to greater levels. As a result of all of these different opinions which are so different from each other because the larger a group of people the more diverse the opinions and the more the more different the more of these different opinions, that are gathering together and joining together to serve Hashem as one unit, this shows and reveals the yeah. oneness of Hashem to higher and higher levels. As a result of the fact that all of these different opinions, as a result of the who are such different creations, are joining together in one mindset, to come close to Hashem. This is the incredible importance when Jews get together with a minion to daven together, or you have a large assemblage of people learning together, studying together. All of these instances and, and we know, for example, Shabbos, Yontif, there are some people who can't get to shul during the weekdays, but again, on a, the more important the day, the larger the gathering of people. Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Seresim you have people who don't go to shul all year, but they know Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, they have to be there. And again, because those are the days of the, the greatest level of kavod Hashem, the malchus of Hashem is being broadcasted to the highest degree Baruch Hashem with this we complete halacha david and Rav points out here Hilchas Kilei behema halacha Hey. the fifth discussion on kilayim of animals was presented earlier in Hilchas arla halacha Hey. any questions please This week's parsha, parsha's beshalach, is, is very, very special, as all, all the parshis are very special. A Jew has to be very careful in speaking about the Torah, not to say that this is special, which would seem to imply something else is less special. It's just that some places we see it more clearly. In the beginning, the Torah delivers the incredible, powerful message that that Moshe Rabbeinu took the bones of Yosef HaTzadik with him. Moshe Rabbeinu, the greatest, most important Jew, was carrying the most important thing, which was the bones of Yosef HaTzadik, the coffin of Yosef HaTzadik, which he knew that despite, even though Moshe Rabbeinu himself was so great the Gemara tells us, as long as a tzaddik is physically living in this world, there's still a tiny element of doubt on the part of Hashem. Is he going to make it to the finish line? Is he going to be remain being a tzaddik until his last breath? Because the Gemara tells us the story of Yotam Klingodol, that when he was 80 years old, he went into the Kodesh Kedoshim on Yom Kippur and didn't come out alive. So Hashem places his Full seal of approval on a tzaddik only after the tzaddik passed away. Moshe Rabbeinu needed the connection to Yosef HaTzaddik, the living tzaddik, needed a connection to the tzaddik who passed away in order to achieve the full success of getting the Jews out of Mitzrayim, crossing the Red Sea, and, and bringing them in Teres And the Zohar HaKadosh and other forms stress that just like the Geula Smitzrayim needed that, the Geulah that we are waiting for now requires, needs this connection between the living tzaddikim and the tzaddikim who have passed away already. And this is why, Baruch Hashem, we're finding to a large degree in recent times, Kivrei tzaddikim are becoming more and more popular. The tens of thousands of people going to Uman, the tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of people going to Miron for Lach Bo and throughout the year. Even now, every day, there are people going to Ukraine. There are people going to Ukraine, to Rabbein Izzav, to the Baal to Kivrei Tzadikin, all over, all over. In America, it was unheard of just about hearing, there were Satmar Hasidim would we'll go to the Satmar Rabbi's Kever. Hasidim would go, today, you hear, you speak to Jews, I'm going to the Ohel, I'm going to the ribnitz. I'm going here. People going. All people realizing that this is a critical, critical, possibly one of the most important components to bring about to the geula, the final geula that we're waiting for. Then we go into the 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 splitting of the Red Sea. The pasuk says there, right before that, they cried out to Hashem. And Hashem says, Ma titsake lie What are you screaming to me for? Go! And these words, Ma titsake lie seem to be such a question. What do you mean, what are we screaming? This is what we were taught to do when, when there's an emergency, to scream to Hashem. What's the question? And there are many different answers given to this. The Shalach, Kodesh points out, that note, it doesn't say, why are you davening to me? It says, why are you screaming? Meaning, he says, that the screaming here seemed to imply a weakness in emuna. Hashem said he's going to take the Jews out of Egypt to give them the Torah to bring them into Yisrael. When a human being says he's going to do something, maybe yes, maybe no. And if he starts the project, maybe he'll finish it, maybe he'll complete it, maybe he won't. If Hashem says he's going to do something and he started it, what ch- what chance is there that Hashem wouldn't be able to complete it? So, therefore, Hashem said, Ma titz- What's So, titz- what are you screaming about? So, what Egypt? Ijif- so, what Aroy and the 600 chariots? So, what snakes and scorpions? So, what Red Sea? Hashem can't deal with it? That was the issue. Titz- yes. And the Zohar Kodesh says, Why are you screaming to me? We know that Kaviochal by Hashem, there are two levels. There's the regular kindness, and there's the super-duper kindness. And the Zohar Kodesh says, on those words, Matitz HaKelai, Hashem says, why are you screaming to me? You don't know that in this emergency, you have to access the preferred banking, the guy is on the top floor. You have to go there. You don't need $100 or $1,000. You need a million dollars. It's not down below. It's not in Zeranpen. It's in Atik. You have to go up there, you have to tap into that Rachman Gedolin in order to be able to get it. Then we go into the Shira, the Shira Sayam, which is so special. You have those long Rashis it's telling us so many deep things about Oz Yoshir. And it begins with the words Oz Yoshir Moshe V'nei Yisrael. It's brought that the word Yoshir is Yud Shir. Ten songs which is, a, again, a hint regarding the Sefer Tehillim that Dover HaMelech and nine other tzaddikim contributed to to give us the most powerful song that the Jewish people possess, which is the Sefer Tehillim. That's this Yud Shir, this 10 song. And Rabbi Inezal revealed to us the 10 chapters of Tehillim, the Tikkan which is so incredible, incredible high, such a high level. Then we're told, the Gemara says, that a maidservant that was part of that community that was crossing the Red Sea was able to see Hashem more clearly than Yecheskel How? Why? Why? And the answer is because of Moshe Rabbeinu. Because they were so great at Sadik at that time, Moshe Rabbeinu, A maidservant that was connected to Moshe Rabbeinu was in some ways on a higher level than Yechezkel Hanavi, this holy prophet. And this teaches us the the famous rule that the Zohar Kodesh says, that the the Mishnah says, better to be the tail of a lion than the head of a fox. The person has a choice of being a leader, a leader of a group of people on a certain regular level ought to be a follower of a tzaddik who's on a much higher level. The follower of the tzaddik on the higher level is much, much better off than a leader of people on a lower level. And the Zalur Kudosh says, Zanva da'aryei arye. The tail of a lion is still lion. Somebody steps on the tail of a lion, the tail isn't what's going to beat them up. The lion's going to turn around and swallow that person up. So if a person is going to be the tail of a lion, meaning even if I'm the smallest person that's attached to the true tzaddik, I'm much, much better off than being the head of a fox, that kind of thing. Question in the chat. If wordless screaming is pigam and then why does Rabbein teach us to do this silent screaming using our breath and energy to express our deep need for Hashem's help without words? It's not the wordless screaming. The Vayitzaku could have been with words or without words. It's the element of a person screaming, meaning expressing a certain type of desperation. Desperation when Hashem said, hey guys, Listen what we're about to do. I'm taking you out of Mitzrayim. I'm bringing you to, to, to Eretz Israel I'm, I'm going to give you a Torah. I'm bringing you to Eretz Yisrael. Hashem made that perfectly clear. Hashem told it to Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu told it to the Jews. Now they're out of Mitzrayim. They're at the Red Sea. And they're screaming, Oy, 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 oy. The oy, oy, oy was a mistake. The, the desperation, which seemed to imply, oh no, it's not going to happen. It's not going to work. The the, the tefillah, yes, tefillah has to accompany everything till the end, till the end. But the the Shalakadosh points out that the desperation here seemed to imply a lack of confidence in Hashem, that Hashem is going to be able to carry out to fulfill His promise, to fulfill what He said He's going to do for us. Then a final item, we have the mon in this week's parsha. And and the mon is, is a miracle food, miracle, miracle that that it was able to taste like anything you wanted. And he said, we've mentioned this in the past, that is there something like that today? The answer is yes. River Framel points out in the Sefer Oinik Shabbos that when they saw the mon, they said, Mon who? It what it? What is it? Kilo Yodu Mahu, because they didn't know what it was, they couldn't figure out what is this thing. And and he says that the words monhu make up the word emuna, emuna. That when a person has real emuna in Hashem, then whatever I have, this glass of cherry juice can taste like wine, it can taste like a smoothie, it can taste like anything I wanted to taste, anything at all. Because if this is what Hashem gave me, it's everything. It's everything that I need. So if I think I need X, it's X. If I think I need Y, it's Y. It's everything, everything. We should be sure to see the Hashem who performed, who took the Jews out of Egypt, should take us out of Egypt today, out of our meitzah today, out of all of our suffering and problems and crisis that the Jewish nation is going through and that each individual is going through. With the final, final Gaula, with the coming of Moshiach, Ben Tovi, Ben Ben Bei Samitesh, Ben Hera Bianu, Amen, Amen.